Wednesday, February 16th, 2011, and the title of this message is Don't Fight for the Right. I don't care what the Beastie Boys told you. This is called Don't Fight for the Right. Gotta let the Beastie Boys reference in the message. That's awesome. Um, it, it centers around not fighting for the right to stay mature. And um, I've struggled with that a lot in my life because I come from a background of not really having any form of discipleship or real parenthood whatsoever. And um, it was it was my norm. It was what I what <coughs> was used to and what I tried to cling on to. And um, yeah, a little bit about my, my background for people who don't know how I made it to the church. Uh, well, to this community of believers. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Uh, Cody and I Cody, my brother, by the way, and for anybody that doesn't know, my, my baby brother. My <laughs> <laughs> uh, he and I uh, were raised by a single mom, and uh, early in, a little bit late in my teens and early in his teens, my mom started to become addicted to uh, crack, and uh, it, it ravaged her life. Not only hers, but ours as well. And uh, to the point where we were in need of deliverance uh, because she was gone for weeks at a time and chose drugs over her children uh, multiple times. And God used um, some old family friends to buy us a bus ticket and come down here to Sugarland. Well, Richmond at the time, then Sugarland, but still come down here to be a part of the community of believers. And uh, just, I'm trying to say this as composed as I can, but uh, this is a family. Amen. Your family who acts like they, they're your family. Amen. Your family is who loves you. Um, I didn't have a family when I came here. I, I didn't know what family was supposed to look like. Uh, I came here and I found a family. Um, and how I truly came to Jesus was seeing what a family is supposed to look like uh, and seeing Jesus love working people's lives because I knew that even though I grew up in church that's not what I had I didn't have truth working in me and displaying it in my actions and in my daily life and I saw that they had that and I wanted it I mean that's, that's how the gospel is supposed to, pray, supposed to spread you're supposed to see something in somebody else see Jesus working in them and then want that and then go after it and that's what happened with me um but, um, here we go. Um, it, like I said, it, it's been a struggle for me. I, as, as a teenager, I was, I had plenty of suicidal thoughts. I was um, addicted to pornography. And it was um, just a do whatever I want, whenever I want kind of life. Uh, my mom pretty much left me alone. I wasn't in school. And I, I got used to that. And uh, as as I came into the kingdom, progressively, God started to mature me, whether it was through study of the word or through discipleship. Uh, by the way, discipleship involving teaching, rebuking, correction, encouragement. More so of the second and third one, rebuking and correction. <laughs> but uh, it, I, I really learned to love it because I came out the other side a different person, yes. a better person, somebody that is living more like Jesus than the day before. Amen. I got boycotted, no maid, got Amen. built up. 
uh, and uh, it, it, the, the earliest memory I can have of it is a time whenever I was living in um, Eric and Jen's house um, for the second time. <laughs> I, I, I came here as an act of grace and as an act of deliverance, and Eric and Jen opened up their home to me, and I branched out into independence, and I was thriving Woo! in independence, and uh, <laughs> all, all the while maxing out credit cards and making dumb decisions with my finances, and had to come back home. I <laughs> uh, was no longer independent, had my independence surrendered uh, again, and uh, I, I remember one time specifically, I was doing what I had a tendency to do a lot at that point. I was being defensive in whatever I did and said, and Jen was just trying to, I, I forgot what she was doing, but we were, we were by the, the sink, so I figured it had something to do with dishes and me not doing them. <laughs> Uh, but I got I got defensive with that, and she stopped me mid sentence, and she said, "Brandon, you've lost the right to be right. Uh, I mean, you, you you've made a mess of your life." I'm paraphrasing this last part. I mean, it, she, she said, "You lost the right to be right." End quote. Pretty much what she was saying was, "You made a mess of your life, and um, you you need to heed to correction and heed to discipleship at this point." Um, and, and that really hit me, and it really made an impact. Only later did I find out that that's uh, something in the Word, actually. Uh, her, her kind of saying, stopping me mid-sentence while I was being defensive. And it's where this whole this whole process got started in, in my life for me. Um, I found a scripture that kind of went along with what she said. It's in Proverbs 18.13. says, He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. So I was a shameful fool for for a, a, a long, long time because I would always answer before listening. I wouldn't take the time to listen to what people had to say that was corrective. And uh, uh, along this process, there there have been a few scriptures that kind of uh, molded me towards maturity. The first big scripture of the night is going to be in Philippians three. Let me know when y'all y'all there. There. And we start in verse 12. Um, not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. And it says right there, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. What view? Um, the view of not looking towards your past and not letting your past define you, but seeing what's in the future, seeing the heavenward goal that you're supposed to be striving towards. And whenever we read this in Foundations on Monday night, I immediately got the picture of, you know those uh, World's Strongest Man competitions where they lift the kegs and they lift like 50 of them into a into a basket and then like, <laughs> do that. Isaac Hogan? 
<laughs> it's on video. Uh, rewind. Um, but the the event that came to mind is where they're pulling the truck. Uh, they they have an 18 wheeler truck behind them. They got the, the muscle shirt on, the sweat dripping, and the, the thing tied around their waist. And it's tied to a rope, and the rope is tied to the 18 wheeler truck. And I, I immediately like envisioned what that's like in, in the kingdom. I mean, the the truck is your past life, you're, you're sitting that's trying to pull at you, that's trying to pull you backward, and that is always there. Um, and you're, you're tied to it, but only, only in the sense that it is living in you, you are not it anymore. Um, but straining toward the goal, I see it as the guy looking flint-faced, like Isaiah 50, 50 verse 7 says, like just straight towards that little line that's 20, 30 feet in front of him. That's the goal. He's straining towards that. He's not looking behind at the truck. The truck doesn't concern him. He, the truck is not, it's irrelevant, really. And he's looking at the goal and straining towards that. And so, if you're mature, that's the attitude you should have. Amen. And um, not, not that you've already gotten to the goal, but that you're going to keep going for it. And um, so, there, there's, some, there's a list I made of says some signs of immaturity in scripture to combat them. Well, that, uh, that, that would work awesome if the printer was working fine. Because uh, I was going to give it out to everybody. But uh, if, if, you, if you want a copy of it, let, let me know. And we'll, I'll find a way to get you one. But um, that I said some signs. There, there's a lot of signs that uh, some of immaturity. This is definitely not a comprehensive list. But these are the ones that I've seen uh, trying to pull at me in my own life. And um, that one was need to defend yourself. That's a sign of immaturity, the need, the need to defend yourself. How, how it came out in my life was that Proverbs 18, 13 scripture. And uh, another one is uh, if, if you feel like you need to defend yourself, take, take a look at Job 16, verse 19 through 21. Even now my witness is in heaven. My advocate is on high. My intercessor is my friend as my eyes pour out tears to God. On behalf of a man, he pleads with God as one pleads for a friend. Who, who needs to defend themselves when they have the advocate that's their friend defending them? I mean, I, I see Jesus all over that, even though it's in Job. Um, 16, nineteen through twenty-one. And um, I, I mean, it's just it's just been an, an uphill battle, uh, really, to kind of root out this immaturity in my life. But I know that. God's called me to be more than just um, a baby in, in Christ. I mean, it, if you if you think about it this way, it, actually, let's go ahead and turn to the next scripture, Hebrews five, uh, starting in verse eleven. We'll, we'll read that, and then I'll say what I'm going to say. There. There. Up there. There. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you were slow to learn. There's <laughs> uh, a couple of couple friends of mine that, would, that, that that's funny because they, they repeat that. Uh, in fact, though, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk. Still being still an infant. Oh wait, you need milk, not solid food. 
Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Um, that that has been a really really hard word for me to get hold of, but it's so funny enough, it's become easier as I've used solid food more and more. I mean, just go figure, right? Uh, <laughs> um, but if you think about it in um, in this sense, if the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy and break into your house, um, who is going to be more susceptible to, to attack? A baby? Or like, do you want to be do you want to be a baby while that's happening? Or do you want to be a, a hardened, trained MMA fighter like John Day? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like it, it's it's a no-brainer for me. That's that's why it says warning against falling away. Right? It's the chapter heading. I mean, I know the original text did not have chapter headings and all that, but um, warning against falling away is right above this little chunk of scripture right here because immaturity, in, in its essence, is staying in what Jesus is trying to pull you out of. And as much as um, my, my story and my testimony, uh, where God brought me from is awesome. Uh, like, where he brought me from is uh, a travesty and stuff like that. It's where he's bringing me to that, that's, that's better. And it, the glory is not in, oh, it was so bad back then. The glory is in each day I'm moving further away from that with Jesus' help. That's right. Amen. And uh, the, a big part of that, too, is... Uh, Verse 13, anyone who lives on milk, still being an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Think about it, milk is something given to you. you you're, you're, a, you're an infant, and you, you sit there and you are force-fed the bottle. Solid food, uh, at, at some point it starts, uh, you start to have to pick it up with your own hands and feed it to yourself. And uh, it's for the maturity by constant use of training themselves to distinguish good from evil. Uh, Matt is very fond of saying putting the fruit back on the tree. Yeah. Um, distinguishing good from evil, that's, that's our first sin. That's what we try to take from God, his right to tell us what is good and evil. And by picking up his word daily, looking into that mirror, seeing how we don't quite line up with uh, Jesus, kind of like a tracing image versus a, a scribble done by a two-year-old. I mean, Jesus is the perfect outline in the mirror, and you put that scribble done by a two-year-old over it, it don't, it don't look good. It, it, it ain't pretty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, but as you start growing and start, you're able to draw your own life better by using God's Word as the, as the reference to kind of like look up and like, like an artist looks at something that he's painting, uh, you're able to draw your life as something more closely matched up to Jesus, and the more often you put them side by side, they're going to start to look more and more like each other. Yeah. Um, and that, that's just been a really awesome uh, scripture in my life um, as I as I go through these uh, really traits of immaturity that are trying to pull me back um, in and. Another one that I that I fought through was laziness. I, I was Eric and Jen and really anybody that knew me could could uh, attest to the 
we, we don't ever need to come to a point where we uh, quote unquote sit on our laurels and aren't diligent anymore because uh, if you're not diligent in continuing to work it uh, <coughs> like the, the message uh, said I believe two, three Sundays ago um, then thorns come up and weeds come up and the, the walls that, that God God placed there for your protection come down and uh, poverty will come on you like a bandit and scarcity like an armed man the, the thief will come to do his job um, and uh, all this is all this has been something that has uh, taken a little while to sink in and longer than, than, I'm, than I'm proud of um, I, I joke sometimes and say I was a 21 year old boy now I'm a 22 year old man and I, I, it's, it's cute and funny but it, it's true I mean, it, 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 nobody, nobody knows how true that, that, that is more than myself. Um, and that there was nothing about me that said mature in the Lord, nothing about me that said, um, oh, he's at a place where he, he's walking completely with God and uh, others are benefiting from his life with Jesus. Um, at least to me, that, that's, what I, that's what I saw. And... Um, I was I was fighting for the right to hang on to that. That's why tonight's message is called "Don't Fight for the Right." I mean, it's not just "Don't stay in immaturity," because that's such a blanket statement. They're like, "Oh yeah, nobody wants to be immature," but don't fight for the right to keep that immaturity because it you, your flesh wants to hang on with onto it, and that's that's what mine was doing. And um, it's it's been a It's been definitely an invasive process by um, our great physician. Yeah. Um, it, there's nothing surfacey about it. it it's uh, this process has gotten to the core of who I am. And it's changed me. Yeah. And if if, it, if there's not something that's changing you in your walk with Jesus, if there's not something that's hurting uh, to get rid of, you might want to re-examine your life and re-examine where you're at with him. Yeah. Um, and um, one of the ones that that really really hurt the most, um, one of the things that I had to get rid of that didn't come up that often, but I was was still there. And whenever it came out, it was powerful. It was uh, illogical anger, ungodly anger, anger that's not from a place of uh, righteousness. So in other words, sin. Uh, and I remember as a, as a teenager punching holes in drywall and uh, punching car doors and them not breaking. Uh, and I was like, I guess I'm not cool enough to break one whenever I punch it. Uh, just my hand hurting and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't fun. Uh, but the most uh, recent time... Uh, what actually got me to examine this aspect of immaturity that was in my life was uh, I was riding in a truck with my brother Cody and we, we got into some argument that was just dumb uh, but I I turned to him and I, I screamed at him top of my lungs voice got hoarse afterwards and I, I got out of 
uh, a moving truck uh, because I, I'm so angry. And granted, it was like one and a half miles an hour. We were in our apartment complex, but it sounds cool. I jumped out of the moving truck. It's like an action movie. But um, I got out of the truck and just stormed my way home like a little kid. Um, and I remember getting home and seeing how that affected my brother. And uh, I talked to him and I, I apologized to him because I, I cooled down. And he said, Brandon, I, I was really afraid that you were going to come in the next room and hit me. And he, he clarified that. He, he, he added to that, afraid that you were going to hit me and I was going to have to take you to the ground. <laughs> so not really fear for his safety, but fear for mine. It's an act of self-defense. It's like, oh, cool. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's got about maybe 20 pounds on me and about four or five inches on me. So, yeah. We're going to kill him. <laughs> and I'll tell him he hadn't seen a mirror in years. He doesn't know that he's bigger than me. Um, no, but uh, him, him telling me that it immediately brought up thoughts of um, who else is this going to hurt? Who, who else is the uh, fact that I didn't get this right and my life going to hurt? Um, I laid in my bed and uh, I cried out to God for about an hour. God carved it out of me. I, I, I don't want it anymore. I saw, I envisioned myself and thought of what if my wife and my kids in the future were cowering. We're cowering in the next room. I'm afraid that I was going to hit them. Because I didn't have the strength and the diligence to get this right in my life. And it just brought me to a very, very deep and introspective place. And I, I cried out to God, carve it out of me. And uh, praise God, it's, it's not completely out because it's still part of my sinful nature, but he honored that request. And I, I have I've struggled with that less and less. Amen. And, uh, Amen. There's, there's, there's something special about getting to that place where yes. you hate sin. Yes. Get to that place where you, you can't stand it anymore. It's hurting you and it's hurting everybody around you. Yes. And cry out to God to remove it. Amen. Amen. Um, he honors it. I promise you he does. Um, uh, let's see. The, the last thing I want to turn to tonight is uh, Colossians 1, starting in verse 9. Yeah. First men's retreat I ever had, uh, I ever went on with Eric Stevens. Uh, he, he prophesied to me about keeping my soft heart. Uh, I just want to say thank you for that because. There's a lot of things that worked in my life to harden my heart. Yeah. A lot of things that could have early on, way before I even got in the kingdom. Uh, I want to thank you for that word. It stuck with me. Oh, you're welcome. And, uh, 
the blessing to us. Yeah. We love your soft heart.
something woven, like a, a blanket or uh, something that's that's woven. It, I'm sorry, I kind of fell off the end there, but when, whenever we all do this, we get woven together, um, and we become that eternal people, intimately connected. And I, um, one one last thing um, that is kind of important. I mean, I. I try not to let the anger stuff show a lot, and I, um, I'm a really happy-go-lucky person. Uh, I'm really bright and cheery, and um, I even before I was in the kingdom, I was that guy. But I was a, I was that guy under false pretenses of just not want to let it show. And a lot of people would say that now in the kingdom, that anger is uncharacteristic for me. That it's that it's uh, it's a shock to know that that that's something that I struggle with. Brandon that is always smiling and telling jokes and even uh, laughing at jokes that are his expense. And, uh, Amen. <laughs> um, I just want to tell y'all, as uncharacteristic as that seems for me, it's supposed to be uncharacteristic for each one of us. Amen. Uh, there, there's not supposed to be any of these things that if you heard like, oh, Brandon used to be addicted to pornography. Brandon has problems with anger. Brandon has problems with depression so not like him, you're supposed to see that in yourself every day and say, this stuff is not like who I really am. Like, this stuff that's trying to pull at me, that, that doesn't even match up with who, who I am now. And um, you, you need to check that every day whenever you, whenever you feel that stuff pulling at you. You need to be just as shocked, just as shocked about hearing that I struggle with anger uh, as you are with your own struggles day to day, and um, it's it's a process, and it's it's a, a painful process that God does to carve out things that don't belong in your life. But it's it's worth it to feel God's approval. It's, it's definitely worth it to feel like you've come to a place That's right. of uh, God's shalom in your life and God's God's approval. That's right. Um, and fight for it, strain towards it. Amen. That's your love is soft card. Yeah. One of my favorite Matthew Piro quotes of all time. If we were in one of those uncomfortable meetings. And the guy says, I hate meeting with you, Eric. You never have anything good to say to me. Matthew went, stop sinning. <laughs> Won't be a problem. <laughs> Friends, discipleship is not an easy process. One of the things that Brandon is learning, I'm learning, we're all learning as we're being trained by the Lord. When he says, the mature who through constant use have trained themselves. Come on now, anybody in here ever run a marathon? Uh, anybody in here ever eat seven plates at a buffet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Training is not an easy thing. It involves doing things sometimes that you don't want to do. If we do what we like and refuse what we dislike, we don't become mature. Right? So, to be mature, we have to constantly use the Word and train 
ourselves. Right? And um, it's common for us to say, oh, yes, yes, I've been discipled. Right? Well, being discipled is an awkward thing. Somebody else really can't do this for you. <laughs> you know, somebody else cannot constantly use the word for you and train you to distinguish good from evil. What they can do is they can set an example. They can encourage you. If you get out of the track, they can say, oh, hey, I don't know whether you realize this, but there's death over there. Life's, life's that way. You made a wrong turn. Get on the right road. You know? I mean, that is how we facilitate discipleship. But ultimately, discipleship is up to you. Yeah. Discipleship's up to you. Discipleship is what you do when nobody's around. Discipleship is when you're sitting in your car and somebody gives you a one-finger salute. And you have to train yourself to have a godly reaction to that and let Scripture come to you. Like, woe to you when all men speak well of you. At least one out there doesn't like me. Uh, another thing that Brandon said that is just worth repeating. Craving is not going to get you anywhere. Proverbs 13, 4 says, diligence will get you everywhere. This is not a gospel of self-help. That's not what we mean. We mean the diligence to go fall at the feet of the Lord and ask for His help. He will hand you the victory. Yeah. You, you, it won't come by your own strength, but what it does take is a diligence to seek His face when you don't feel like it. Those days you don't want to come to church. You don't want to keep that appointment with your brother to meet with him about something godly. Those days you don't feel like praise. Let's be honest. That's when you need it the most, is it not? Yeah. My wife looked at me one time early on in marriage. She goes, you just need to pray. <laughs> You know how I knew she was right? It ticked me off horribly. I was like, that, that's the surest sign that you have prophesied correctly. <laughs> you have to train yourself to do what the Word says. To train yourself to do what the Word says, you have to know what it says. This is why we have our Bibles in front of us all the time. Right? Uh, he also closed with Colossians. We were rescued. We're rescued from the dominion or domination of darkness. We've been brought into the kingdom of the Son whom He loves. The opposite of darkness, light, and illumination. He did this so that you live a worthy life. Don't buy into the idea that you can't. Don't buy into the idea that you're doomed to a defeated walk, that you'll never get better than this, and that it's a, it's a ridiculous game. You ask for God's forgiveness knowing that you're going to do it again. That is not true. That is not true. In fact, the only areas those struggles exist in are the ones where he's teaching us mercy. Yeah. Right? He's teaching us what it is to walk in constant mercy. But you can absolutely have victory over sin. Amen. Okay. Uh, when the Bible speaks about uh, there is none who is righteous, no, not one, we're, we're talking about prior to Jesus. When it says uh, if we're faithful to confess our sins and if we say we don't have sin and all those things, we're talking about prior to Jesus. And so, but wait a minute, I know that Christians sin. Yes, sin lives in you, but you've counted it dead. Yeah. Right? And in some areas, it ought to actually die. It's in the process of passing away through neglect. That's what the Greek tenses actually teach in Corinthians. I want you to live a life worthy. Last thing I want to share with you before we go, that just, uh, I watched Brandon break some addictions in his flesh. Uh, can nobody out there relate to that? I had a long conversation with somebody that is not in our church. They're calling me from another state for help. And um, they said, well, you know, so-and-so, such-and-such is so addictive, right? And you could say that about a lot of things. You could say caffeine's addictive. 
Say heroin's addictive. Say chocolate's addictive, right? You know what's addictive? Your flesh. Yeah. Your flesh. The sinful voice of your flesh that wants what it wants and when it wants it, that's what's addictive. All of the other things are just tools. Yeah. And when we learn to circumcise our heart, to cut away flesh, things that don't belong in the very center of us, when we learn to deny it and live in a spiritual way, it is an addiction-breaking gospel. Amen. Uh, I've watched people come off of cocaine, off of crack, off of pornography, off of self-infatuation and intoxicating pride, whatever people might be addicted to and completely change in Jesus. That process never has to stop. Right. And if you think something has an unhealthy hold on you, then we need to learn how to deny the flesh. Yes. Take up your cross and follow Him. Amen. You'll never do it through your willpower, but you will do it through His power. I, I promise that. So, we'll put Brandon up here as a perfect human being. Uh, I don't ever stand up here as a perfect human being. Uh, we try to share our weaknesses with you in the hope that you see God's strength working through you. You, are you proud of him for that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Be careful that the face that you show people is not just the one that you want them to see. Amen. There's no power in that. That's right. Power in the gospel comes from an openness. When you hold something in secrecy, it has power over you. Need to, need to be free. Open, love, uh, uh, not hiding areas of your life, not holding things back. Just share and let the chips fall where they may. Right? This is not confessional hour. What I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is that when we live in open, unrestrained love and the power of the gospel, you'll see addictions fall off like mosquitoes being swatted away. Uh, right? Amen. 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 So uh, y'all stand your feet. We'll pray. Um, Monday we uh, finished. We did not finish Colossians 2. <laughs> we didn't make it through the first Nine kids verses? Yeah. <laughs> it was good, though. It was, it was good. I, I feel no compulsion to have to finish that in one night. We talked for two hours, covered eight verses. How about that? <laughs> uh, you people are going to have to find a preacher who will tell you what you want to hear. They're faster. Yeah. More efficient. Um, we'll, we'll be back there on next Monday. Uh, if you are not able to go to foundations, and I understand that. Uh, truthfully, we don't want everybody in the church there. And there's nobody that I would exclude, but I'm glad that you don't all show up or we don't fit, right? So I'm not begging you to come. But what I am doing is saying, if you can't be there, find somebody who is and ask them to share with you. Our church would be more healthy if there were not one or two water faucets in it. it it'd, be, it'd be healthy if everybody was uh, able to receive from every other person. And that's what I would prefer to see happen. Uh, I'll be honest, uh, a lot of you take much better notes and learn better than I do anyway, so I don't remember what I taught six months ago. But a lot of the people in the church do. So if you're hungry, ask your brothers. Okay? Ask your brothers. Amen? Amen. Amen. Sunday we are going to light up uh, this place. Not preach on Wednesdays is hard for me. Uh, <laughs> So I get about 15, 20 messages going for Sunday and i got to narrow it down. But I, I'm just telling you, I feel like something is happening in the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I want to encourage you all to pray. Invite people, not because we're trying to build a big church. 
Invite people because you believe they'll find life and shackles will fall off. And they'll encounter God. But be prepared. Every 20 people you bring in here, one might say, that's okay. Right. It doesn't make them bad people or us wrong or anything. That's never our goal. Our, our goal is to see lives change. Is this not kind of like a Christian boot camp? Yes, yes. it is. I, yeah, a lot of you But it'll change your life. Amen. Yes, this was your night. Okay. Um, it, some of my kind of left out, but I think it is worth uh, mentioning. This whole difficult process that, that happens, um, it, as it's difficult, God's removing things from you. It's important to be joyful. Yes. The whole time, even, even no matter how hard it is, put a smile on. Uh, and the Word says, be joyful always. And uh, something I found recently in the Word that was really awesome, First Peter uh, 1, 7 and 8, I believe, uh, talks about we don't see him, but we hope. And uh, that hope causes inexpressible and glorious joy. That belief causes inexpressible and glorious joy. So what's the adverse? I mean, if, if you don't have that inexpressible and glorious joy, what are you lacking? What, what are you deciding? You're, you're lacking belief. What are you deci- That's what you're deciding not to participate in. You're deciding not to participate in trust at that moment because you don't have the joy that's produced from it. So. Your feet are probably starting to hurt because I've had you stay in a long time. But if you've never asked the Lord for joy and received it, you can do it right now. You ask the Lord for joy and then dance around like a little kid. Uh, Faith always has feet to it. It always has actions. Y'all stand there and say, if the Lord wants me to have it, I'll have it. Do people get saved that way? No. Now, then the kingdom works that way. If you believe that He heard you, then act like you received it. Put a smile on your face. Go run around the neighborhood. You know what I mean? I've learned it works. Amen? It's hard to argue with 20 years of experience doing it. Amen? Let's pray. Y'all want to pray? Yeah. Gabriel, you want to pray? Yes. Come up here and pray for us. You, you can pray. Hey, tell these people what you want to do when you grow up. Yeah. yeah, you know, he told his, uh, the youth leaders that. Uh, I had to look at his homework to see what he wanted to be when he grew up. <laughs> uh, pray for us, brother. Um, Jesus, thank you for this time to be here together in fellowship and learn about you and learn about each other's problems and how to um, become mature and the uh, process about it. And in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Are you going to become mature? You going to press on heavenward? Amen. Amen. Amen.